But I do want you to know we're going to be having some prayer. Praise God. And I want us to uh, be heading towards an experience of self-examination today. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for, God, everything that's already been said and done, Lord, that your spirit has been rich in this house tonight. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your love, God. Bless your people now, I pray. God, help us, Lord, to have ears to hear what your spirit would say. God, give me, Lord, your anointing to be faithful, God, to your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Matthew 26, you'll notice that this is towards the end of the book of Matthew. Jesus is just uh, getting ready to suffer and die for our sins. And he is gathered with his, his disciples, rather. And the Bible says in verse 17 of Matthew 26, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where will thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, and he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, unto, said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? God bless you. You can be seated. It is inevitable that we're going to look around and see fault, see things that we recognize in our neighbors, in the world, anywhere we go. It's, uh, it, it's very easy to be able to see the fault in others and see the, the fault in this world. And if we're not careful, this is something, one of many things that I feel like has just shaped my ministry, that I've seen what it's like for years and years of coming up in church, of how sometimes as a church and Christians have a mindset of, of being so adept and seeing what the devil is doing in the world. And, and you can, there's a deception there. You could be so right, but so focused on that and not, be so good at seeing your own sins. I can't, as we read uh, this uh, short article earlier, really do a whole lot for a world that doesn't want to hear the good news of Jesus. Amen. There's not a lot I can do for somebody that has just made up their mind. I don't want to, to be saved. I, I'm satisfied where I am. All I can do is pray that somebody will get sick and tired of the hog pen. 
And I'll tell you what, there's not too many days that go by that I'm not praying about that hog pen that people are living in and say, God, let them remember. Let them think about it. Let them, let them understand that there's so much more. The, the, the worst day of, of being in church and living for God is going to be so much better than being in this world and being lost. Amen. It's easy in a world that is so full of, of hypocrisy, so full of, uh, of perversion and sin, to uh, to have that be our focus and make ourselves feel feel good about where we are, but but we've got to keep on searching our own hearts. We've got to be more careful, and let me say this: better, better than 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 being able the ability to spot fault. We need to be better at seeing it in ourselves. That's that's a lot. Uh, that's a that's a big statement. That takes a lot of humility to say it doesn't matter so much that, uh, that my, my uh, neighbor is a liar. God makes sure I tell the truth. It doesn't matter so much that, that my neighbor is, is ripping somebody off. God, let me be faithful. Amen. We gotta be able to search our hearts. And I found, I feel like I've said this recently. Just in talking to people, sometimes people can can be very, very understanding of uh, of what they want to see in the world. And they sound so reasonable, and, and and they see the the division in the world, or the the hate, or the anger, or the see the the, the complete foolishness of sin around them. And, and and you hear people talk sometimes, say, wow, they get it. They know just what's going on. And, and But then when it comes down to them and their home and their life, amen, sometimes it's, it's we're, we're, that's just far from them. The, the ability to say, you know, I, I can't stand this on the job and I can't stand what, what my boss is like or this guy I work with is just such a mess. Or I've seen it so many times over the years. And don't worry, I wouldn't even be talking about it if it meant was about you. But I've seen people in church already saying, oh, you know, uh, this it just tears me up, preacher, the way they're doing and, and the way they treat people. And, I'm, and I thought, you know what, I just had them in my office talking about how you do the same thing. Amen. And I think sometimes we can see it in one another. We can see, I, I don't want to be that way. Amen. It's more, it's got to be more than, than I don't like what they do. I want to, don't want to be that way. Amen. What would happen if in this world people grow up and see the, the problems, even in their own homes in the world, and see the, 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 the hypocrisy and see the sin and, and, and the damage that sin does to the people around them and say, you know what, I won't repeat that. And I believe without Jesus, it's impossible. It seems like those who were abused will go back and, and be the abuser. Those who were in, involved in, and victims of alcoholism and drug addiction and so many other things, they, you see them go right back to it. It takes God to bring victory. But we who have the Holy Ghost need to be able. What, what I see here at, in our text, the more I think about it, the more it amazes me. Because we're not talking about something little. We're not talking about, hey, you might have something down in your heart that you don't realize, some, some uh, little secret sin that really doesn't matter a whole lot to anybody else. But, you know, we want to we be extra careful and be, and, and, and be just really getting everything out of our lives. 
Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. Jesus said, one of you sitting around this table is a complete hypocrite. You're going to turn me over to my enemies. you're, You're sitting here like you're my friend, but you're not my friend. You're sitting here like you love me, but you don't love me. Isn't that right? Isn't that what he's saying? And the disciples, in this moment of humility, begin to be sorrowful. I can imagine the sorrow. Oh, Lord, we've been with you for three and a half years. To think someone would betray you. Someone would would stick a knife in you like that. Someone would do you so wrong to to betray you. I can understand. But they start to say, God, Lord, is it is it I? The ability to know that within you is the capability of sin, of betrayal, of wrong. It takes a lot of humility. I don't know what the situation of the day was. I don't know what the climate of the spiritual atmosphere was like in that day. But, but I know in this day that we're living in when everybody feels like we can all be right. And, and like we talked about this morning, people want to justify rather than repent. And just kind of sit on the fact where, man, I've been through so much, you don't know just how hard I have it. You go preach to somebody else. And, and, but these men, they were able to say, you know what, I, Jesus, if you see that in me, I want you to tell me right now. Am I capable of that? It's not enough to say, hey, I know who it is. Bartholomew. I saw the look on his face. You don't hear much about him, but hes it's got to be him. So everybody look over at Judas, because, you know, in all the pictures, he's, he's a, he just looks like a devil. Right? You just can pick him out. But he was there with them all. None of them say, it was Judas. We know it. Call him out. But they begin to say, is it I? Look here, look at me. Look at, deal with me. We can't use excuses. We can't sit in church and, and feel like my sins aren't as important. They should be to you. Because you're not going to go to hell or miss God's best in your life because somebody else isn't living right. That is the truth. Let me tell you. If there was ever a perfect pastor, a perfect spiritual leader, it was Jesus. And Judas was in his church. Amen. So Peter, James, and John, and even Bartholomew, they all, praise God, could have a walk with God. They they were still willing to say, hey, I'm not worried so much about what they're doing. God, look at my life and get anything out of me that's capable of that. You look in the Bible, and there's plenty of people that have been living under somebody like King Saul. David came up under King Saul. Could it be that all that adversity, all that friction in his life actually built a leader? But today, when things are are, are less than perfect, we want to use that as, oh, I have it so hard, and, and, and just give up. And what's the use? Listen, we need to be super good. The only thing that matters when you stand before God is, are you right? Look what it says in Romans, the 14th chapter. Romans 14. There's a lot going on in this chapter, and we've studied it already, but I want to look at it just just simplify it as much as possible. Romans 14, verse 10. He says, But why dost thou judge 
thy brother. Now, I want to say this right off, right, right here at the beginning, before we even dig a little deeper. That, that we understand we need to judge righteous judgment. And if somebody's wrong, it's wrong. And, and there's nothing wrong. I don't know how many times I've talked to people, ah, I'm not judging anybody. I said, yes, you are. Yes, you are judging. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you said it's wrong and it is wrong, that's good. Just do it righteously. But understand, in this context, he's saying, why are you doing it? Because you're wasting your time. It's not that judgment is evil. Being judgmental is another thing. Having an attitude that that justifies yourself and continually just is overly critical. Yeah, that's that's a Pharisee. But but why dost thou judge thy brother or stand? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The bottom line is, I don't have enough time to worry about so many people. I've got to be right. I think people really believe that other people who aren't doing right, that's more important. And I know it affects you, but I'm telling you, all that negativity, it'll work for your good if you really pray. God never puts you in a perfect situation. Never, never put, and none, there's not one of them there except maybe the Garden of Eden and there was still temptation and a serpent and a devil. I could have lived for you if, if there was no serpent. You had everything perfect and still messed it up. <laughs> Adam, right? Now we have something completely different. It's not because of ideal circumstances. Why dost thou set the, at naught thy brother? Basically, he's saying, yeah, yeah, you've got weak people and you've got problems, but you are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And there won't be one moment wasted about, well, do you know what they did? You've got to make it. You've got to be saved. You've got to be perfecting your holiness. For it is written as I live that, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. How sensitive are you to the Holy Ghost? How much do you allow God to convict you? How much does that enter into your mind? Listen, I don't know that every time you kneel to pray that there is always just deep, deep soul searching but you need to be aware that God must have permission to break in and say I want you to make some things right hello? when you open up your Bible God's got to have permission to say hey, I'm talking to you my son, my daughter amen, he's got to be our heavenly father I'm telling when you come to church, there needs to be more than anything else a heart that says, is it I? Is he talking to me? I have never, I've never imagined the amount of people that that would come into the church and thank God for truth and thank God we're, we, we've, uh, we're believing uh more than so many in the community and, and all the doctrine that, that we don't ever want to lose the importance of and then come into church and, and think, oh, you know what? I think he's talking about me. I'm leaving. I, I think he's, he's preaching to me. I'm angry. 
I can't remember a time since I've had the Holy Ghost that I've that I've come to church where I wasn't praying. God, let him preach to me. God, I need to be saved. I, I grew up on preaching that was Hollywood is this and, and the music is this and the church down the road is this. And after a while, I thought, God, I want to I be saved. They're not here to be fed. I need fed. I want to be challenged. I, okay, I'm not doing what they're doing. I don't believe what they're doing, but I've got a long way to go. I'm not where I want to be. Preach to me, preacher. I've got to be saved. Dig down when I get past the idea of me feeling good because I've got a good haircut and I've got my, my, my sleeves and my, my, my pant legs and whatever your, your hemline. Get, get, go down deeper. Amen. I believe that. I love that. I want to hear that. Amen. But you know what? There's folks that they're just not gonna, they're, they're gonna hypocrite around and they're gonna, they're gonna put on their makeup and jewelry and whatever behind the back of everybody else and listen to me. I've gotta make it. I've got to be right. And there's so much more going on in me than just what you see. So I come to the house of God and say, God, uh, is it I? Amen. I, I found this. I dug this out this afternoon. Something that, uh, that challenges me. I don't hold uh, John Wesley up as a, as a great preacher of days gone by. But he's... Uh, Pretty famous in, in what he did, and and um, he was known really historically that when when he began to really reach for God, that uh, he recognized there needs to be a, a a walk, a clean walk, a difference. And one of the the verse that he is known to hold on to and. And, and uh, work with more than any is without holiness, no man will see the Lord. And uh, John Wesley, for for lack of what you see in the world today, was basically the founder of the Methodist Church. Back in those days, they they would shout and they would get excited in worship and they would. They, there was uh, uh, a lot of similarities there, but but they were called Methodists because it wasn't just a, a lazy lifestyle. They 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 broke it down and said, "Hey, there's some things that we expect a Christian to live." And I saw this here years ago and just uh, typed it out and and made a copy of it and saved it and said there, twenty two questions that the members of John Wesley's Holy Club he called them men that he uh, spent time with, and they would ask themselves every day in their private devotions. This happened over 200 years ago. This is what they would ask themselves every day. Am I consciously or unconsciously creating the impression that I'm better than I really am? In other words, am I a hypocrite? No, we're not playing games. See, this is, I, I believe this. There are people that are serious uh, about success in this world, and they're not playing games. They'll let let uh, seminar leaders come down in their face and cuss them out and tell them what they need to do and stand them up in front of anybody. And people pay thousands of dollars. My brother did that, paid thousands of dollars. His job paid half of it to go to a seminar on how to sell cars. And they got him up. They told him to scream and shout. They got in their faces thousands of dollars because we're not playing games. We want to make money. Amen. There are people that... 
that gets serious about uh, about uh, whatever it might be. Uh, uh, if you want to go to the army, you're not going to play. They're, they're going to tell you what you're going to do to be a soldier. You know, that sounds crazy when I talk about this, but there's so many different areas that people, if they're really serious about it, we're not going to play games and try to worry about your feelings. You're either going to get this or not. And these people are saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to be serious about this. John Wesley said, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're asking ourselves every day, am I being a hypocrite about anything? Oh, but my feelings will get hurt. You'll get over it. You'll be all right. You can survive that. We're living in such a day of, 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 of just being so weak and wimpy. Am I honest in all my acts and words, or do I exaggerate? Wow. I'm not saying every single one of these. Now, these are pretty good so far, but I'm not saying every single one of these. I'm just telling you, look at how deep they're digging. Do I confidentially confidentially pass on to another what was told to me in confidence? Can I be trusted? Wow. Am I a slave to dress, friends, work, or habits? Am I self-conscious, self-pitying, or self-justifying? Did the Bible live in me today? Are you hearing me? I'm telling you this isn't somebody that, oh, you're such a dictator. You're coming down on me. You don't love me. This is somebody saying, I need this. This is what I do every day for me. Not playing games. Not, 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 not being a wimp. I, I gotta, I gotta make sure I'm not, I'm right inside. Do I, Give the Bible time to speak to me every day. Am I enjoying prayer? Not do I pray. Amen? When did I last speak to someone else about my faith? Do I pray about the money I spend? Crickets. Hallelujah. Do I get to bed on time and get up on time? See, I don't know what he's thinking about. How about our time? Amen. Do I disobey God in anything? Do I insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? Am I defeated in any part of my life? Am I jealous, impure, critical, irritable, touchy, or distrustful? I'm almost done. How do I spend my spare time? Am I proud? See, I get the idea with the honesty of these questions. They're just not sitting there every day, at least not supposed to. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, not me. This is something i got to look at. I want to. Amen. Do I thank God that I am not as other people, especially like the Pharisees who despise the publican? Is there anyone whom I fear, dislike, disown, criticize, hold a resentment toward, or disregard? If so, what am I doing about it? Wow. Do I grumble or complain constantly? And lastly, is Christ real to me? All I'm saying is that this idea that we, we, we're not in this to play games. We need to be confronted. We need to be challenged. We need to invite that and desire that. We should not be in church ready to fight. This, this Holy Ghost that we're experiencing, this, this clean house that we desire and, 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 des, and, and, and fight for, can I tell you, it doesn't happen by just, just having a walking through on eggshells. Amen. 
we've got to allow God to get down in our hearts. We talk about old-time revival and old-time Pentecost. It's going to take somebody who wants to get preached to. It's going to take somebody who can take it, amen, and say, you know what? My flesh don't like it, but my flesh needed to be crucified a long time ago. Amen. We've got to ask ourselves about and dig down deeper than just, uh, uh, just the surface. Praise God. Brother Mike was talking about uh, some things that, that have been on my heart uh, and, and really in my notes right now about just how, how we desire. There's a, there's a fear in people. And you might say, well, fear, you know, I'd rather be fearful than, than a lot of these other sins that we have. But fear uh, uh, of being out of control of situations and circumstances and fear that causes us to, to get a, a white-knuckle grip on our life and not trust God and have rest and peace in God. We need to let God dig down inside of us and, and say, you need to trust me more. You need to, to, to let go of all that because it, it, it's, it, it comes against other people and, and makes you angry and, and makes you distrustful as well because of fear. Envy that says, you know what, I wish I had what they had. I wish I paid the price for that. We ought to be able to be honest with ourselves. I'm telling you, to be a child of God, to make it to heaven, you've asked a hard thing. Because you're going to have to look at yourself in the mirror of God's word and say, is it I? You're going to have to be able to not justify unrepentant sin. You're, not, you're going to have to be able to say, hey, if it's wrong in my neighbor, it's wrong in me. You're going to have to be able to look around and say, oh, you know, uh, what they're, they're being unfair or partial or, or, or hypocritical. God, is it me? Amen. We, we need to be able to, to, to look in the mirror. That's what the Word of God does. The Bible says that we are looking into the perfect law of liberty. It's like a mirror. That's the, that's the, the battle we have. That's the, the fight we have. That's what a lot of people have been offended by. Amen. Hey, is it, is it you? Are you the one that needs the altar? Are you the one that needs God? Are you the one that is, is doing the things you hate in others? We despise things in others, but we allow it in ourselves. Attitudes and, and, and a spirit on us that, that, that we wouldn't, would never look at somebody and say that's acceptable. But sometimes, well, we know how hard we've had it. So listen to me. There is place for compassion and pity in the house of God. But never, never, never to justify being unchristian, being unchristlike. Are you bearing fruit? Are you bearing good fruit? Are you, are you searching your heart and saying, God, is it I? We're in a world where, where people being cold, the love of many is waxed cold. We're living in a day when people are cruel and hard and calloused and unforgiving. The Bible talks about forbearance. Talks about forgiving. Amen. Are we, we see it all around us, but God, is it I? Is it in me? We see things in others and say that's a weight in their life. It might not, they might fight that it's not a sin, but that's a weight that's going to hold them down. What about your weights? What about the things that are holding you back? Amen. Well, praise God. People that make you feel small, make you feel unimportant, unvalued. Is it I? How do I make other people feel? How, how, do I, how do I do better than that as a Christian? 
Well, they're supposed to be a Christian. So are you. So are you. Be a Christian. What about all these these areas of our life that that God's trying to dig down into you? Search me and try me. Second Corinthians thirteen five. Paul. Paul was being. If I, to say criticized is almost an understatement. He's not only being condemned, but he's been asked to prove that he's even qualified to minister. That's the kind of spirits that are in people. In 2 Corinthians 13, he says, examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not know ye not your own selves how that Christ Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. And he goes on and says, I trust that you're not reprobates. But I'm telling you here today that there we need to be able to look at ourselves and say, I know what an on fire, dedicated child of God looks like. And it's time for me to compare myself to that. Amen. I know we're kind of isolated up here. It's not easy. I I get it. It's not easy to just get preachers up here. And for us to get preachers up here, I've got to have to go out and get, go out and meet some and let them know that we're here sometimes. And that's not always easy for me. Praise the Lord. And, and there's a lot of challenges in that, that I would, that, uh, I'd love to see more of that. Praise God. But in this, sometimes I've had people tell me it's almost being like a missionary, being up there in Pennsylvania, just just so far away from from people, and we've got to be careful. Praise God that that we don't allow ourselves to slip into a place where we are accepting less fire, less zeal, less holiness, less personal dedication. We 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 know what it means to be our best, but so often we. We, we let ourselves drift. And we got to be able to look at ourselves. Look at what we're doing right. And say, am I doing it as right as I know to do it? Those of you that are just so faithful in prayer and worship and putting your best in when, when, when maybe you don't feel it or there's, there's distractions or there's, there, there's a lot against you. Amen. Are you hearing me? And you got to be able to look at yourself and say, what's God want me? How's God expect me to be? You can do better. And you can do your best no matter what you're up against. I'm telling you, it's not always easy. It doesn't have to be. If Paul and Silas can sing in a prison with their backs beat, I'm telling you what, we can give our best in this day we're living in. And I'm telling you, I don't know how long we're going to have till we have the, uh, that we have this kind of liberty. I mean that. I've said it for, for decades now. Wow. I've I've known that hey hey America's not exempt from the persecution and the, I was talking to somebody just this week and somebody else just uh, probably the week before about the mentalities the philosophies of of these that are that that are pushing us toward a socialist kind of agenda hey this ungodly godless agenda is going to look at folks like us that believe holiness that believe truth that believe in a God that believe in prayer amen. As people that are, are, are just less evolved as they are. They're going to look at us as kind of like the cavemen that are holding them back. The survival of the fittest means that the fittest 
survive and those that are behind the times. You know, they don't matter. You that hold on to old-fashioned holiness and doctrine and truth and believe that there's a right way that'll take you to heaven and a wrong way that'll send you to hell. They believe that that's, a, that's just a drag on their society and their idea of, uh, of an idea. So we are, we are ripe for persecution in this country. The things I'm hearing, I'm not so much worried about, about a lot of the other things people are getting all worked up about. But I'm seeing times for the church that you're going to have to get in and get right and get serious. Because if you're thinking things are going to get easier, it's not going to happen. You're thinking the devil's going to let up and just, oh, we're just going to feel so, it's just so easy to pray all the time. Uh-uh, those spirits I was talking about the other day, that you, they're fighting against us more and more and more. And you're going to have to realize that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It's never been easy for a lot of us, and it's not getting any easier. But you're going to have to be steadfast and unmovable. You're going to have to always abound in the work of the Lord, no matter what we're up against. In order to do that, you're going to have to search your heart. More, more than how much I can see where this generation is going. I, I, could, I, could, I could sit for hours talking to a young person this week and they were saying, asking me questions about some of the things with, with just the perversion in this world. And, and I said, I can go back and tell you. I can, I, I've studied it just in my heart, in my mind. I've seen where it's come from and, and steps that this, this, this country's taken away from God in so many areas. I can tell you step by step things that I feel like the devil and, and many people in power just said, we're, I believe without a doubt they, they're working towards so much of this perversion and this, this, this homosexual, transgender, LGBTQ plus and how they're just opening the door to that acceptance to a younger generation and the steps that were taken just just specifically to break down the barriers of people saying it's wrong it's bad it's not it's sin i can go on and on and tell you how this society has taken strides away from god and god's best but all that is vanity if i can't get on my knees and say god how am i doing I know it's not easy sometimes to hear, hey, you could be doing better. We want so much, but if you want to do better, you're going to have to be open and sensitive to God. Like I said, if I, I, if I, can, if I can look at somebody else and say, well, I, I can see that's a step in the wrong direction, but I can't see my own steps. What does it profit? Amen? What good is it? Amen? The disciples were able to say, Lord, is it I? I wonder if we could do that tonight. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Sister Katie, if you come to music. I wonder if somebody here right now, even before we, the music begins, you just want to start making your way to an altar and say, Lord, I want you to search my heart. I want you to look at my life. I like to be encouraged. I like to be edified. But I think this generation, the devil's done his best to try to take the, pre- the teeth away from the gospel. Try to take away the challenge and the ability to confront. Is it I? Is it I, Lord? What, something in your life you know right well. It's not God's best. 
something right now. You know right what you know you could do better. Don't be stubborn. God's talking to you. God's dealing with you. Time to lay some things down tonight. Time to humble yourself and say, it doesn't matter how this whole generation goes, I've got to be saved. It doesn't matter how this whole country goes. It doesn't matter if my best friends don't care. I want to be saved. I've got to be saved. than this generation. We've got to let God's Holy Ghost search us, try us. Is it I, Lord? Is it I, Lord? Every time we come into the house of God, I want to line up. I want to be careful. I want to be sensitive to God. What is He telling you? The devil's done his best to try to distract Try to keep you from really digging down into 
your heart. The Bible talks about the word of the Lord being a sharp, two-edged sword. Hallelujah. A sword that divides, searches the heart. discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, it says. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto his eyes of him with whom we have to do. God sees everything you're up against, everything that you're going through, and He'll give you the grace that you need to still be faithful, to still be real. So much, so much we see. That is just moving in the wrong direction. But God, I've got to ask myself a question. Have you moved away from worship? From sincere prayer? From the place of preaching in your life? Have you moved away from that fire that once burned in you? It's wise to look at yourself and compare yourself to who you were. I don't want to ever be able to look at myself and say, God, have I, have I backslid? Oh, help us, Lord, to be honest, humble with ourselves. things that God's already spoke to you about, things God's already dealt with you about, but you've walked away from it. You've let it slip. Things that you know right well, God pricked your heart, convicted you out of His love and His kindness. But you've forgotten all about that. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Let's all stand. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for being a strength and a help to us. Wanting us to be saved. Wanting us to be blessed. Lord, so often our flesh fights against your spirit. God, forgive us. Help us again to humble ourselves and let you lead us and guide us. Lord, bless your people now. Keep us safe. Open up doors of opportunity to, to tell others how good you are. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.